That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Alright, so we're all rolling Just like Limp Bizkit Rolling, 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 rolling This is not how we're opening <laughs> Uh, what, what is Tom, you had some questions for us today. I was told that you had some, you wanted to pick our brains because we're experts on all things music. Oh, okay. All things music. Yeah. yeah. So last night I, I haven't been to a live show in a minute. And last night I went to the BMO stadium in Los Angeles, California and saw Adam Lambert and Queen. Whoa. So it was my first live show in a long time. And well, I want to get your opinion on a few things, mostly legacy acts, but secondly, mm. and probably more importantly, people talking during live shows. And as performers, yeah. what is your take on that? And how do you address that as an audience member and as a stage performer if the club is small enough? Oh, man. If it's small, it's like very awkward to not address it because you're just playing someone's gabbing you have to say something because otherwise you just come off as just like really meek. Right. <laughs> so you have to, and then you lose the whole crowd. So you have to say something. I usually try to say something funny, half funny, half like you have to shut up. Uh, I think that's a way to do it. I saw somebody the other day that this musician, uh, Sandy Bell, who's great. I, I saw her play in upstate New York and someone was talking and she was playing the piano and she just went, shh, like in the middle of the set and it was like really you know it was like really gentle and um obviously did the job and i was like oh man i never thought of that <laughs> like it's so direct <laughs> you're like trying to like make some joke about growing up and like right. an abusive yeah. yeah it's just like oh <laughs> can you guys please the thing about shutting the fuck up is <laughs> that you have to do it that you have to do it during my set so you're saying brian may last night should have like been like hey Quiet down. Well, you're talking about it. I'm confused. Stadium. How do you not hear a queen over somebody's conversation? So this is the part that was infuriating. Brian May did a section where it was just him, acoustic guitar, and he's doing uh, Love of My Life. And it's like a really beautiful moment. And then these people behind me just are like, yeah, so my cousin, you know, he was looking at uh, getting maybe the Ford over the over the Honda. Uh. And it was this moment of I think they were just like, we want we will rock you. And, uh. you know, they want the big, big, just yeah. loud stadium anthems. And then when this guy is like basically playing a song and talking about like his friend's death and it is like really hushed. And although it was like 20,000 people. It felt yeah. very intimate. So to have just people like without any sense of self-awareness uh, and my wife and I uh, were debating like saying something, but then you don't want to cause confrontation. So we just kind of swallowed it and went with it. But it was just one of those things that uh, it, it, mm. it crushed my soul a bit. So I, I needed to bring it here today. I'll say, first of all, hi, Amy Lindberger, friend of the show. It's It's tough because like in a stadium setting, it's a free for all. It's it's uh, the sort of no rules. But I think if you're talking about a deceased member of the band, that that's a good reason for people to really shut up. Uh, if one of us dies prematurely, Thomas, would we continue the podcast, or 
replace that person? Or would we do like an AI version? Because there's enough of our voices out there. AI, AI. Yep. yeah. There's enough of our voices out there. You could just keep it going ad nauseum. You have a computer write the script. Right. The show like instantly blows up. They're like, yo, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. We should do that now, which is for both of us. <laughs> it would really open up my schedule, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> on uh, on what show? What show are we talking what about? What show is Mike, this? I have no idea. Uh, this is indeed Losing My Opinion. And we're going to come on here today and show each other songs and talk about them. And uh, nobody else knows what to expect, clearly. I am central heat cranking Whoa. Baroque indie pop artist, Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. I am window open to crack indie artist, Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. And we're joined by friend of the show, fond mm. friend of the show, <laughs> Tom Rainey, comedy writer, Many different things, many different things. Thank you uh, for letting me hijack the opening. I appreciate that. But I needed to get that off my chest. And I figured who best to discuss it with than Niagara and Thin. So thank you both. Two guys. Well, we'll cut out the part where you uh, talked about Trump for 10 minutes. Oh, but. no. <laughs> yeah, that made us extremely uncomfortable. You know, I've, thought of, I've seen him in a new light recently. No, we're not having none of that. <laughs> we're, not st- we're not stopping the steal, Tom. Oh, right. man. No one's stopping the steal. This is not good for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. We, we cut it out. Nothing to worry about. Well, yeah, we edited it out completely. Thank you for, yeah. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. How you been, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm great. grateful to be back. So thank you for having me. It, it's, been, uh, it's been a whirlwind over here in the best way, but this is, uh, I feel like I'm coming home right now to, to see y'all. So thank you. Uh-huh. Well, Tom is not a new a New Yorker anymore. Thomas, he's he has moved to what would you call? What would they call you? What is it? California, an Angelino. Californian. <laughs> yeah, what is it when someone is like around LA? What is that? Oh, called? I think like an Angelino. I think I I say that now, and I'll I'm probably it's only been a few weeks, so I don't even know what the lingo is. I had one sure. LA specific <laughs> or California music specific thing happen to me, and it was very embarrassing. You joined the Eagles. <laughs> Yes, I am very affluent now. Thank you. I'm Don Fry. I'm Don, I'm Don Fry now. I was driving the other day and I just had the radio on and I was like, oh, I haven't really been listening to like California like music. And at, as soon as my brain thought that uh, Danny California from the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> came on and all my windows were open. Oh, classic. So it just sounds like I'm blasting <laughs> nice, it at this bro. intersection and people definitely looked at me and I was just like, oh, this is this is a bad look. That's what it's all about, man. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers cruising down the road in California. So I've been working on album cover stuff recently. I think, you know, Thomas, we, we, we're working on releases for next year. So yeah, yeah. album covers are on the mind. Uh, and it got me thinking about just how precarious a situation this album cover thing is. You know, like you can totally destroy people's perception of the work before they listen to a note of the music i don't think it's difficult to make like a passable cover you know how many banal covers do you see come and go but some of the best albums of all time have covers that are like fairly unmemorable you know every so often you get one that's just as good and iconic as the music itself like what velvet underground nico tapestry low-end theory aladdin sane yeah the the posters Right. The bedroom posters, yeah. Yeah, the bedroom posters, Dark Side of the Moon, that kind of stuff. Mm. But sometimes, when you really go for it, it can be your undoing. Um, Tom, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I hope that you do. <laughs> but there was, an, there was an article on Cracked.com. Do you remember that website? Is that, is that still yeah, a site? Yeah, it's still a site. 
they chronicled some of the worst album covers of all time. And those covers in that list really went for it. Um, you know, like I think I've read the same list. You read this list, okay? So, like the the guy who's naked except for a flute, or <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tom, do you know what we're talking I about? I do. Yeah, I feel like you shared this with me like a decade ago. <laughs> okay, right. So, no cover can be in the category of truly brutal unless you're putting yourself on the line in that way. Unless you're you're naked with a flute, let's say. You know, you put yourself. It takes courage to make an album cover that's so bad that it's memorable. Uh, but that's not obviously what any artist wants to. Do. They don't want to just show off their chest hair? No. Well, some of us, but maybe not for the cover. But what I want to do today is to actually delve into the music of some of those albums with horrible covers and see if we can ballpark what the cover should have maybe oh, that's been. That's good. To sidestep uh... the horror <laughs> that these covers <laughs> conjure in the mind. I know now we're in a weird spot because uh, we're not a visual medium here on this podcast, but. I think we can do our yeah, best. Yeah, <laughs> is going to work. I think we can do our best to collectively describe each of these covers okay. to you. Uh, and you can also look them up in the aftermath of the show. But I think we can, we can describe them accurately. I've, I've picked covers that are like pretty straightforward. You know, there's not a lot of patterns going on <laughs> on these covers. It's like single images. Sure. And I tried to also stick with covers here where the artist has some legitimacy. You know, there's just like a mountain of batshit album covers of artists that are doing like a, a DIY right. thing. We're going to stay away from that because it's just like, it's, it's endless, uh, too numerous to dig into. I want to start with here. Let me put this in the chat. I think it'll be easier because some of these are not easy to find. I've had this exact idea for an episode. Uh, obviously, I'd never did it, but uh, inspired by Hard Nose the Highway, the Van Morrison <laughs> album. <laughs> That album cover. Going to start there. I can't even describe <laughs> that, that album cover. Is completely insane. I have no idea what he's trying to communicate. It's like a rainbow, and then there's like a guy, a really old, old Chinese, Chinese man, man, smiling face. Like, and yeah, he's like tilling a field. I think weirdly realistically illustrated, but it, yeah. Oh man, what have you sent um, us? You gotta check this one out. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas brings this up for us to listen to. So let me describe this cover. This cover is a guy oh. uh, in what appears to be like an outdoor shower, <laughs> it looks like, or either that or a waterfall, but it seems more like an outdoor shower, like you would you would go in at like the beach or something. It's got some good pecs. Shirtless, in great shape, <laughs> uh, with a heavy Super Mario Brothers style mustache <laughs> that is just and it's wet soaked. Too. It's like the so wettest, droopy. wettest mustache you've ever seen. Heavy on one side. His one, his mustache because it's wet. It's almost as long as his ponytail. <laughs> it's almost as long as his. He also has a ponytail. Yes, I forgot to say that. And the expression on his face is like kind of difficult to understand what he's trying to convey to you. I don't know, but so there's a backstory behind. This I have fellow. a few ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he's trying to be sexy, but he's also like querying. He's, like he's, he's questioning. a little detached. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. Uh, this this fellow is named Jim Post, and he's a folky singer songwriter out of Texas. Um, folk. We're doing folk with with this image. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> we need to come oh. up with a stronger. <laughs> um, you know, John Prine never did this. Uh, well, he should have. Maybe should without listening, knowing it's folk. I think change nothing but add a cowboy hat. And he'll be fine. And a cowboy hat. Uh, yeah, that might be true. But not a shirt. <laughs> no, yeah, keep, keep the, the shower off. so at least his mustache is dry because of the yeah. brim of the hat. 
Get a nice wet, soggy cowboy hat in the mix. <laughs> so we, I mean, he's just where the water is like filling up, like on one end, like by the brim. He just have a wet hat and shoulders then, so there'd be no wetness at the face. So this this guy had a pretty diverse career. Uh, he was a playwright in addition to a songwriter. Say he was a playgirl model. <laughs> could have been. Hey, he could have been. Uh, acted in a bunch of one man shows as Mark Twain, which I'm sure one of you would have guessed if I let this open oh. long enough. Uh, he made a children's album. Which I have not listened Isn't to. Isn't this the children's album? This is children's album. He was also on the Ellen Show, where he got teased oh, about this very album cover. Uh, he passed away last year, unfortunately. Uh, which she probably edited out us laughing about that. Um, this is <laughs> that's that hit Tom so hard. <laughs> yeah. <they're... laughs> well, it's funny to be we're crapping on the dude, and then it's like yeah, we're just oh, and on one it. other fun fact: he just died. <laughs> He just died. And he really did just die. It was last year. Uh, but, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> <Tom Kista>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're having a, we're having a real... Uh, we haven't it? even heard this man's music yet. So I want to know, and maybe they talked about this on Ellen, if it's clear like this was his idea, hey, I want to do this for my album cover, or if this was like some stupid manager industry person's idea like sex sells you got a nice body i you know what's going on here i didn't watch it but i'm gonna blame him for this i mean okay. i don't know what he said but like i don't know i i feel like there's no one at a label talking talking uh, <laughs> this artist into doing this i i don't know what <laughs> that that seems like all right i'm gonna i feel like this is a good move for me uh but i want to hear the music because it's supposed to be folk yeah so let's listen let's maybe it. it's good maybe we can come up with a better concept for this yeah it sounds like he had a lifelong career in the entertainment industry so that counts for something yeah oh hell yeah have you heard this yet nope now my mama and my daddy they did not plan me they said i was an accident back in 1939 they didn't have the pill no extra money to spend God, they barely could afford my brother and my sister And if the laws of the land had been any different I never would have lived my life, ain't that a shame I never would have got to sing, ain't that a shame A naked little brown skin boy running in the Texas rain <laughs> okay. so, Guys, he actually yeah, nailed it with the cover He doesn't need to change it, it worked perfectly <laughs> This is a perfect representation. Kind of sounds like James Taylor. It does, it, the face he's making yeah. says the opposite of loving his life. Yeah, he looks really like out of it. I thank the Lord for Mabel Rainey. She nearly pulled out all of my hair. I yeah, was going slaps. down twice Yeah, I like this is good. I was swimming when I shouldn't be there. It's like James Taylor thing. Right? I'd rather this guy be shirtless than James Taylor. So, I feel yeah, like that's memorable. I feel like this wasn't his choice for the for the album cover now because when you hear this and then look at the face he's making, the face looks his face looks like he's looking directly at his manager right off camera, and he's like, "You happy? This is what you wanted, right? Yeah, you got the shot. You, yeah, you get it. It does look that way. Can I get out of this outdoor shower now? <laughs> um, yeah, so this is like this cover is far too like sexy for the music that is happening. I, I got a James I'm Taylor too vibe. sexy for my folk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like a James Taylor thing where he's like you know grinning in overalls or something like that would be 
where this is at, right? Yeah. He's a, tex- he's More a Texan. More country bumpkin vibe. Yeah. Yeah, there's humor in it. I, I didn't expect it to be so... Um, awesome. All, well, good. Yeah. And then also um, self-referential yeah. and, and humorous. I feel like I could see if the album cover was him like sitting next to a bunch of pigs or something, like kind of like, oh, I fell mm. into the pig, th-, you know, a trough. I feel like I could, that <laughs> matches the tone of this a bit more. It's fun. He's kind of, he's making fun of himself a little bit. I don't know. I, I, that's what I picture, him and pigs. We also didn't mention that he looks like Gallagher, the watermelon smashing comedian. <laughs> he does look a little bit like Gallagher, yeah. yeah. Which seems like a, an important thing to mention. But didn't Gallagher dress like a mime for some reason? <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this guy's like Gallagher's hot brother. He's, uh, we're doing him Gallagher's a little bit Gallagher's hot dirty. brother. That should have been the title <laughs> of the album. Yeah. Well, I know you said both of you um, are currently working on releases, so if you haven't come up with the title yet. Oh. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, so this next one. This is this one's crazy. I, I was aware of this cover before I started doing this research, and I just had it in my head that we had to talk about it. It is I've seen this, yeah. Um, actually, this is the only song out of this group of insane artists that I'm actually looking at now, like all laid out, and it's just nuts, that I know of. And I know this song, and I really enjoy this song. Uh, so this cover, <laughs> we'll bring it up <laughs> in a sec. It's called, the song's called, or the album's called Satan is Real. album cover there they are uh so leuven brothers uh so it features really like two pumped looking dudes in white suits standing in front of what looks like an erupting volcano uh and a giant like paper cutout of the devil that looks not particularly foreboding like it looks like a chuck e cheese it's got a very early 60s vibe all around the font yeah just the look of their faces, the the white, oh, blaringly white suits, by the way. We didn't yeah, are you part. not going to address that they both are dressed like Colonel They're Sanders? They're both dressed like yeah. Colonel Sanders. I was going to say that. I wasn't sure if that would be offend anybody, <laughs> anyone Southern. But yeah, they're, they are actually dressed like Colonel Sanders. This song is good. And, and Lumen Brothers are, you know, I really, I like their music. Uh, but this is just a crazy statement. And, and why are they so happy? <laughs> They look like, hey, you made it to the barbecue. Right. Like, it's like they're welcoming us to hell. I don't, it's not, the message isn't like lining up. Satan is real. Well, they could be, if that, yeah, if their message is that Satan is real, I guess they both, in this situation, they both died at the same time. They're like, he is real. We knew he it. He's real, right. We <laughs> wow. knew it. Yeah. Get over here, big guy. Yeah, that's the vibe they're putting yeah. up. They're welcoming you in, but this, the music is supposed to be about how you, you got to avoid this stuff. So I don't know what they're beckoning you towards, but it uh, mm. doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Oh, like they, but let's listen to this okay, song. Yes. Or, no, what are you no, say, so, so their music is like supposed to be like, you, be, you better be good boys and girls because hell is real and you don't want to go there. Yeah, no, this is not like Guar. Like these are just like early country. They're they're just like, you know, it's it's like a, a church, poppy church music. All right, I'm down. Yeah, let's hear it. There's a spoken word part in it too that I think you'll enjoy. Beautiful harmony. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, That's good. Satan is real, working with power 
he can tempt you and lead you astray. I attended service at a little church in the country not long ago. A prayer was led by an old country preacher who then raised his hands as everyone stood and sang. This accent fascinates me. That's the thick accent. A warm breeze through the open windows brought in the smell of new mown hay in a nearby field. And the singing of birds could be heard in the moment of silence as the preacher opened Sounds like his Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> and then in his younger a years. little old man stood up, bent with age, his hair thin and white, and said, Preacher, tell them that Satan is real too. You can hear him in songs that give praise yeah, to so idols he talks and about, sinful you know, things in this good. world. You can see him in the destruction up. of homes torn apart. I know that Satan is real, for once I had a happy home. I was loved and respected by my family. All right, so you get, you get the idea here. Yeah, really, it's just, he goes on. And then this isn't a song. Satan came tricked us. Uh, I do really enjoy that, though. I, I could listen to that all day. But okay. uh, that, I mean, the cover is sort of incongruous with the music. I think it, it really distracts from what they're trying to convey, right? I think there's an easy fix here because you don't, all they need to be doing is frowning. That's it. Right. Be upset. Don't be happy yeah. that you're in hell, right? <laughs> Keep the set. We love the set. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say knowing the time it came out, I bet you in the early 60s, that was probably like the best they could do with graphic design. So it's like, whoa, look at how good this looks. It looks like they're in hell. Um, early graphic design. Yeah, maybe instead of like yeah. pure white suits, like make it so that like they're a little burnt up, like maybe a little frayed, and then just frown, and you got a banger of an album there cover. There it is. There it is, yeah. They're, they're too excited, too excited. The next one we're going to talk about, this is the most literal cover of the group. Uh, this is an artist named Millie Jackson. Um, Millie Jackson is a respected R&B singer and was even influential in like early rap. You know, people look to her for that. Not one of the Jackson uh, no. people though, right? No. The big Jacksons, no. yeah. Um, but but re- respected singer and great voice. Uh, I have not listened to this record though. I was saving it. So the cover here on this one, if we bring it up, this cover is... Uh, pretty literal Aww. it is uh, a, a woman going to the bathroom looking to be having some kind of issue related to that experience she's in duress yeah in duress yeah so i would love to i would love to hear what this music sounds like her hair is totally done up <laughs> her hair is very done up so yeah 1989 height of fashion yes yeah very uh, this is a 1989 person going to the bathroom it's a nice bathroom too it's not just like a dingy like Beggar's banquet style, no like crappy venue bathroom. Well, she's yeah, she she looks like she's out for like a really nice and evening, half, but she like <laughs> ate some bad oysters or something. Had like bubble gut uh, out on a night, a nice evening. Um, but I have no idea what this is going to sound like. I mean, this what what music does this convey to you when you look at that image? It's just like I don't <laughs> like know. jerky boys. The, <laughs> the album is called Back to the Shit. By the way, it so, feels like something Rick James would do. It feels oh, very yeah, Rick James I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But his whole thing is like crazy, edgy, out of control party guy. I don't know if that's Millie Jackson's vibe. She strikes me uh, just context clues here, just more of a straight ahead, like really good soul. Even R&B if that singer. is her vibe, I feel like she shouldn't just be. <laughs> she's like no artist should have their album cover be them really struggling on, on the, the toilet. No, this is definitely by far my least favorite 
uh, <laughs> of the cover. It's not so tasteful. Far. No, I'll give, I'll say that. Uh, but let's hear what this music sounds like. You know, maybe it's great. An imitation of love. That's the yeah. The song the song's called "An Imitation of Love." And the album is called "Back to the Shit." Back to the shit. It's 1989, all right. Okay, it already doesn't really match, but. Well, that that part could be a sound made in the bathroom, <laughs> maybe. It's so like classy, you know. This is like classy, tasteful R and B, and it's kind of more in the world of Sade. Cover is not <laughs> Sade is not doing this. This part's good. The only way you could tie this to the album cover is you have to put in fart noises. Like, how the hell else would you ever make that make sense? Right, it's it's so not in alignment. It's good bass. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good, right. good song. I really want to stop looking at this image, though. So I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love it. Great voice, uh, but that that cover is just not. It's so uh, like you'd think there'd be something humorous about the lyrics, or how could that have helped album sales? I mean, we're here talking about it. Right. That's fair. So after the fact, uh, you guess. mean it made some list. That's true. I have to just think that she. Cause like we, I don't know. I want to give her the credit of like that was maybe not her idea, and someone had to be like, "This will make you. This will this will put you on the map, one way or the other." You <laughs> straining on the bowl is gonna really put you over with the fans. Yes, some of these though, I feel you might be right. You might be right, but like they're so far out these covers that it's like it almost feels like it has to be. <laughs> From the mind of the artists themselves, like they they pushed for this, so to speak. Quite literally. Uh, well, speaking of pushing, this next cover is the infamous one. There's more. Oh, okay. This is the Thomas infamous is one. Struggling. This album is. You know this one. You know that we were talking about it. Okay. This is the right. famous one. This is Flute Man. This or is what? Flute Man. So this <laughs> album is called uh, Push Push. It's called, and when you see the cover, that makes it. Like, like what is being pushed, I think, is the first question you ask yourself. But this cover is a very greased up dude uh, who has the body of, like, Will Ferrell, I guess, <laughs> holding a flute. Uh, he kind of looks like John Carpenter, <laughs> too. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like a young kind of bulked out Carpenter. Like, a, yeah. like John Carpenter on, a, on, like, bulk season. Yeah, like putting on masks. This album, I haven't listened to it, but I did look up what it is. So uh, Bernard Purdy played drums on this record, which is nuts. Ooh, of Steely Dan fame. Steely Dan and fame. Many other things. Uh, Herbie Mann is no joke in the jazz world, uh, apparently. I've heard him. I've heard his name, yeah, as somebody who casually listens to jazz. Like, he's come up. Yeah. He's just one of those dudes, yeah. But, oh, this cover. <laughs> he's one of the- <laughs> So much hair. It's a lot of chest hair. He's one of the first folks to specialize in the flute. 
Um, and by the looks of the cover, he was very <laughs> proud of that fact. Uh, and I'm really curious to see what this sounds like. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be like, I don't know, like hardcore funk kind of sound based on what he's bringing in that cover. The the brown tone, yeah. like the font is, uh, yeah, very 70s funk feeling. Let me ask you this. Do you think this cover would be better if he's not holding the flute? Mm. <laughs> I want to know what he's holding. I think is my primary. You want to see his hands? Said. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. You. Uh, Get your hands where I can see. I, it. Honestly, Tom, I don't think it makes a difference. All right, fair it's a flute. I think makes it better because you're like, all right, at least he's just playing music. I think. <laughs> uh, apparently, on the gatefold, they had two people hooking up in the gatefold, and that was like a problem too. Yeah. So th- th- it did create some controversy when it came out. People weren't like, oh, it's just another '70s record. Like people were, you know, thinking it was weird at the time. <laughs> I feel, I think it's fine. I don't find this one that bad. <laughs> you kind of settle into it like a warm bath. Maybe because I like the color tone. I like the orange on the black. I don't know. I feel like okay. it looks good. It is artfully done. Hmm. All right. Oh, man. I'm a <laughs> island, <laughs> island of one. <laughs> Tom, big fan of Herbie Mann's Push Push. <laughs> the, the chest hair, at least in this image, kind of looking like little piece like if you had been rolling around in like garden soil his chest hair kind of looks like dirt yeah he's got the dirty dirt. T- chest hair that's yeah. that's the unfortunate well, because he's so yeah. greased up i think that's the, the yeah, problem he's, he's got having... that receding hairline and yeah he kind of looks like a young jk yeah. simmons too a little bit yeah a little uh, bit. <laughs> that's it <laughs> uh push push how's Dwayne allman gonna fit into all this too that's what i'm curious about <laughs> All right, well, can't say it doesn't match. Yeah, it works well. Uh. <laughs> Log jamming. I gotta say, I feel like, yeah, this, I would describe this as dangerous flute, and I think it matches the cover perfectly. Actually, I really like this. Yeah, the congas. Bongos. I don't know which. Song is 10 minutes long. That checks out. That's a long song. Uh, this is like pretty classy. It's tasteful. You got Bernard Purdy on drums. What's the worst that could happen? It's not like balls out funk, really, but it, it's uh, it's good. He makes it seem like it's going to be crazier from that cover. I wouldn't change a thing about that cover. <laughs> I, I mean, think it's safe to say we closed strong. We did close strong. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this uh, journey through insane covers. It's uh, yeah, it's it's hard to make a cover that is out there and great. I think if you're going to do that, you you walk that tightrope of you go too far to the left or the right, and you end up uh, 
greased up with a flute. <laughs> Boy. Thomas, what have you been listening to this week? Losing my opinion. <sighs> Got to take a moment to collect my thoughts. <laughs> well, it's again, I, I just want to put it out there. It's great to see you back on the show today, Tom. Thanks for, for coming and hanging with us. Uh, even as you are still in the midst of your, your big move to Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. We've only been here for about six weeks now, and the shelves behind oh, okay. me you're seeing on Zoom are pretty much the main thing we've put up. So, All right. But you're, you're, you're becoming an Angelino day by day. That's right. Angelino Jolie. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> you got Tom. Um, I was thinking about you recently. You know, you're, you're setting up shop over there in Southern California. Oh wow! Is this like a is this like a bespoke Tom? Wow! Segment. Oh, it just uh, one thing prompted another. I I know you're you're set up in an industry town now, Hollywood, bright lights, big city, Hollywood, baby, yeah. Sunset Strip, other roads. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about songs that kind of talk about whether you want to call it Hollywood or in some other cases just the music business, the music industry. Songs when the artist is like, hey, let me bring you into my world for a second, like the actual stuff I'm dealing with day to day. You know how artists kind of do that sometimes, or maybe you don't? The one that comes to mind right away is uh, Life's Been Good So Far. Oh, yeah. Joe Walsh. Where where he just kind of like, I think, bitches about being rich the whole time. It's very annoying. Kind (laughs) of. My Maserati goes one The least relatable stuff. I went to NASA and then I cried. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I yeah. suppose. Uh, this is not every man music. <laughs> um, any other examples come to mind for you? That's obviously a, a classic. I'm thinking. Then, Leo, you might have more on your mind. Just, just when it's it's stuff that never usually comes out to the public. It's not something that a fan is gonna. It's not the top of their list for something they'd find interesting, but sometimes an artist or a band really kind of takes it upon themselves to to dig into it as a topic. Um, some other uh, notable examples include Have a Cigar, Pink mm. Floyd. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. By the way, which one's Pink? Yeah. Yeah. Classic line there. Apparently the heart song Barracuda. is about like piece of shit music mm. managers. Sure. I didn't know that until I... Uh, I Love My Label. By Nick Lowe. Mm. Yeah, Nick one. Lowe definitely has a few of them. So it's it's a thing. Only a Northern Song is about publishing. Oh, yeah. Harrison wrote a lot about like publishing. Yeah, Harrison <laughs> really dug into this one. Yeah, he's got a lot of solo stuff that's about uh, about lawsuits. Lawsuits. And lawyers. Uh, what's that? What's that yeah. song? This song about the lawsuit yeah. from uh, My Sweet Lord. No, he he loved to linger on that topic. He, I would uh, say, his his interest is more legal proceedings. But that uh, would have been great if that one was also a ripoff, and he got sued for it. Wait, Tom. It never George ends. Harrison. George Harrison is the the Bret Hart of popular oh, music. Oh my! Isn't he? Yes, we. This is. They've lost me now. Do you want to relitigate all this? This that's an episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, George Harrison's Bret Hart because he's like he, you know, he's a Bret Hart is a pro wrestler listener. Okay. And and also Thomas. And, uh, you know, he's like one of the greats. Consistently ranked, like, top five, top ten, greatest rest of all time. But he is so mad. And he's just, like, thinking about, like, the legal proceedings and bad stuff that happened. <laughs> he's, like, very fixated on negative he's stuff. Vengeful. Yeah. George Petty. George is not to that degree. But, like, you know, he, he's he got grievances. 
So I, I feel like there's some alignment there. I believe we've also mapped out. We don't. We don't have to go into all of them, but I think I we was going to say if you two want to start a wrestling podcast, <laughs> nobody is. I think we you. said the Rolling Stones was Degeneration X, and the Beatles yeah. were the Four Horsemen. I forget exactly how, <laughs> but anyway, another time, another place. <laughs> Different lifetime. Do we think our audience is into wrestling? I'm curious. <laughs> there might be some overlap. There might they be know some these. Overlap. I'd love. Maybe I could be wrong, and that's our the niche we never knew we had. But. There might be some '90s wrestling people on here. Represent. It's a lot of lot of childhoods were, were uh, scarred by '90s wrestling. Um. Anyway, so back to my uh, <laughs> spiel. So it's my theme for today. I want to start with a really a, a major offender um, in this area, an artist uh, who definitely didn't shy away from doing this time and time again. You could argue at least part of one of their albums is a concept album based around this. But uh, of course, we're talking about the Kinks. Mm-hmm. A lot of label grievances with that crew. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking about the album Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round, part one. Mm. I'm still waiting for part two. <laughs> Maybe soon when they don't want to kill each other. <laughs> From 1970. Uh, Tom, you familiar with this this band? Or? The Kings? Yeah, I love, I love the Kings. I, I would say I don't, my knowledge of them is not, you know, it's for the hits, but I, I yeah. still do. Lola is on this album. Well, then I. I am a fan, yeah. A little Waterloo Tom sunset, is, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Tom loves the song. Loves the song. Strangers. I do. Oh, great one. Yeah. I will say it's, it's yeah. embarrassing that my end to that song is through Wes Anderson. I believe Darjeeling Limited. But hey, I, that's where everybody right. gets into the kinks. So I will, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I do love Strangers. Good memory, Thin. Thin Lear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for using my, my proper name, too, how I prefer to be addressed. TL. TL. So... Ray Davies certainly loved singing about the kind of the ugly side of show business, the frustrations he could have dealing with different people in the music industry. They also have that album, Everybody's in Showbiz. Ray Davies, uh, the, the Ric Flair of music. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they have a song, Denmark Street, mm. from, uh, from this Lola album. This is about as specific as it gets. This is just yeah. Denmark Street is uh, a street in London where I guess like all the music publishers of the the late '60s were camped, and uh, this this really this takes the listener through a whole journey uh, of what it's like to to work for folks uh, on Den- Denmark Street. So let's check it out, see what we think. Get 
it plays So you take it down to a music man Just to see what he will say He says I hate the tune I hate the words I tell Still you going through this Oh my god I'll sign your and take it round the street And I'll see if it makes a great And you might even hear it play On the rock and roll hip parade Daytime, nighttime right, so, Yeah, we spend the, the rest of the song Going over there the ins and outs it's of that. It's just so on the nose. It's, I mean, he's not even going for anything but just grievance. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is not doing a great service to the Kinks because there's tons of great songs on this album, other albums. This is not one of their best songs, even just no. melody structure standpoint. This is kind of a toss-off. But yeah, it's like, this is the best way to get your frustrations right, out. Right, come on, this give us a break here. what it's worth enlisting the band to do, this work on this tune. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. He gives us he gives us an earful. They did get fucked pretty hard, like as bands oh, go, yeah. like good gravy. Like couldn't tour in the U.S. Like all kinds of bananas stuff. Yeah, they're they're up there with XTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad bad runs of luck. But yeah, this is not one of my favorite Kinks tunes. <laughs> yeah, I get. I mean, I get like you know, write what you know or write what you're feeling. But like when you're getting into litigation, and just like all right, like maybe something a little bit more interesting. Or just do something more... Writing sa- about like an Excel. Yeah, just, just do something satirical. It's just, it's too, it's too on the nose. Or write it and then be like, oh, that's just one for me. We're not going to record that one. That's that's for my, my special private collection. For, for therapy. Yeah. That's my therapy song. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't, not to change the topic from the Kings, but wasn't Taxman also like George Harrison bitching about <laughs> having to pay tax? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the government. Uh, that's not, I mean, if we're splitting hairs which here, we that's like, that's just... The, that's the monarchy that's the mm. queen that's british taxation systems versus just purely uh i don't like my manager or whatever that's george harrison doing that bret hart thing you know <laughs> <laughs> sharp sharp shooting the monarchy sharp shooting the monarchy yeah he, he'll turn it on england <laughs> well, most of it's gone to her majesty yeah mm. that's uh, he loves to talk your ear off about that uh all right so that's england we're going away from England now. Like I said, Tom's out there in Hollywood living it up. I got Hollywood on my mind. I want to talk about an all-time awesome, great, poignant song about Los Angeles, about the the entertainment world, uh, the music industry, just everything is is here. And the song is called It Never Rains in Southern California mm. by Albert Hammond. This is about... This is about the music industry? It's about his struggles. I mean, you can, he's talking about, it sounds mm-hmm. very personal. You can imply it. So he I just see. can't make a buck, you know, singing and doing his thing. Just so we, we know this song or just, just Thin Lear? Familiar. Father of Strokes member, mm-hmm. Albert Hammond Jr., I believe. Yeah, exactly. He's Albert Hammond Sr. Um, the Vince McMahon of music. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon's <laughs> Albert Hammond Jr. All right, so you both know the song. I know it from the show Hacks on HBO. I don't know if either. Of you I'm familiar. That. I'm familiar with Hacks. Uh, great fucking show. Is that about a bunch of butchers? All right, moving. If I can just move your Zoom screen to the side. Hacks uh, on Jim Duggan. Hacks on Jim Duggan. TV shows. <laughs> Sorry. All right, lap it up. My my main argument that I'm I'm putting out here. I think this is the all time best underbelly of 
showbiz song. I think this, if if not number one, it's in the it's in the all all time top five Hall of Fame here. This is a great great tune. This this song is in the finale of Veronica Mars hmm. TV show. Ah, oh, is are you you're a fan of uh, Veronica Mars? There, uh, it's not a bad show. I watched it when it was on huh. with someone I was dating. And oh, they were watching I, it. I did yeah. enjoy it. I, they were watching it. I was watching it with them, and I, yeah, I enjoyed I, it. Though. I figured it was that. I was. I got yeah. into it. You know how that happens. Oh you yeah, kind of get yep. into what's on. Absolutely. You end up watching I, something I, crazy. It's nice thing. when it does happen. Then you always have something to watch with her. But I, I figured that was not uh, your own initiative. I didn't choose that. Yeah. No. Here we go. Albert Hammond. It never rains in Southern California. Didn't think before deciding what to do All that talk of opportunities TV breaks and movies rang true Sure and true Seems it Talking about wrestlers now, huh? <laughs> oh, I mean, we could. You want us to? Uh, <laughs> this is a well-written song. I, I know this song. You know, it's, I don't know if you, it was just a one-hit wonder. I don't know if you had other tunes, but it has that feel to it. time classic it sounds like it could be a Harry Nelson song you know yeah oh and he he certainly loved to do his were goofier but he liked to yeah. do music industry insider uh, like re- songs about the recording process and that kind of shit and that's I think what I was getting at with the last one is like Neil's like, that was more satirical so I feel like that's way more digestible when you're just mm. like being you find the humor with in it. it yeah kind yeah. of as opposed to ray davies who is like this is how i will settle all my gripes is through this mm. but that that song was beautiful i i love that totally and i yeah i think what does it here is it's general enough you know obviously he's he was a struggling musician who didn't really things didn't lock together until his late 20s early 30s uh out in hollywood but albert hammond's you know he's he's drawing on that personal experience and frustration trying to make it as a musician in Hollywood but he's not telling you oh they canceled the gig last minute my manager isn't giving me a good enough guy you know he's he's keeping it broader you know everybody can kind of step into it with their own dream I'd like to think yeah I mean Ray Davies literally gave the address of the publisher yeah he's down from court (laughs) he told you how to get there (laughs) he doxed them yeah so I would consider that a very good example of what I'm talking about we're going to close here with what I would consider is not a good example again. It's kind of, it's like a, a camel. You start low, 
you go up high in the middle and, we, and then we go back down. That's the arc here. Okay. Like the camel clutch from the Iron Sheik? Like the camel clutch, the finishing move of the Iron Sheik. R.I.P. Yes. recently. It's exactly what Thomas think. He recently passed recently away. Recently passed away. All right. He's a crazy dude. That was a crazy dude right there. Anyway, so we're moving on from <laughs> it's always... It, we're moving on. I was going to say it's always sunny. That's what I got for you. We're moving on from uh, 1972, Albert Hammond, It Never Rains in Southern California. We're moving on from that album to... It always rains in Northern California. We're moving on to a song <laughs> from the album It Never Rains in Southern California from 1972. Uh, the artist is Albert Hammond. This song is called Anyone Here in the Audience. He's doing a similar thing here, but I, I don't think it works. I don't think it's earned. Uh, you folks can weigh in if you feel differently. Who is this? Who? Albert Hammond. Oh, I thought you, for some reason, you were just repeating the name <laughs> no, and the title it's a, of the last No, this is, one. we're looking at the same album. Oh. We're not going like, anywhere. You thought it was the same yeah, thing, I thought, right? I thought you were I like, was like All right. doing another take at it. You thought I just, we my get brain it. glitched? Like, <laughs> I was like, we, you're just recapping it. Like, we just heard it. Previously. All right, it's a different song from the same album. You got it. So, yeah, I think you were asking if he's a one-hit wonder. I wouldn't really put it that way. This this album overall is 60% of a really good folk singer-songwriter album. There's there's definitely some highlights. What's the other 40%? Nice. He's not just a one-and-done deal. Uh, the 40%, eh, it's like, it, it's still listenable. It's just he doesn't always hit the mark that makes, you know, a good sure. song when it works, everything just comes together. It feels natural, like it couldn't happen any other way, solid melodies. You know, just uh, some of the songs don't quite go into an interesting enough place. But if you put the whole thing on start to finish, you, you could do a lot worse. This song, though, I don't know how. I'm going to try to digest uh, my thoughts on this one. You can tell me what you both think. Anyone here in the audience With a pad that I can crash in I'd really appreciate you letting me know Cause the gig is over soon Been out on the road for a number of weeks And we didn't take much cash in It's raining outside and to tell you the truth I've been locked out of my room Do you care? Do you pity the poor musician? song is good. The, the lyrics are a little, like, um, desperate. <laughs> is he asking to just crash at people's places and they're not letting him? And he's, like, pissed about yeah, it? Yeah, this is... You play this at a gig when you're like, fuck, what do, where do I go after this? Like, I am not paying for a motel. Let me sleep on your couch. It's making me sad. Haven't eaten all day long. Haven't eaten all day. Been out on the road for a number of weeks. And the greasy food is killing me. I'm hungry and tired and to tell you the truth. All my will to play is gone. Alright. So how are we feeling about this one? Let me so was this album the first album that 
kind of hit for him. So before yes. this, he was previously unsuccessful. Correct. And what really made it was so that this again this is the same album as it never rains in southern california that's the title of the album that song charted that was so without that song he's probably just a dude literally singing to nobody and while it is a little on the nose i actually i don't know i like it because i think it speaks to at that point when he wrote that he didn't know he had a hit coming and i think it really speaks Mm -hmm. to what the rest of his life could have been and so even though it is a little on the nose and yeah, a little desperate, I think it probably speaks to like really his true angst inside. Cause like, like Ray Davies, when he wrote his shit, he was in the Kings. Like he was successful and it's like, I don't yeah. want to hear a successful dude bitching, <laughs> but like this guy, he didn't know he had a hit coming and like that could have been the end of the road for him. So I, I kind of, I'm kind of here for it. And I, I feel like I really was connecting with it. That's a good point. Here's maybe this could be the the middle ground. Sure, you wrote the song. It's certainly not a bad song. Play it at shows. I hope it does something for you. You know, play it live. I'm sure many mus- other musicians wish they had a similar song they could whip out near the end of the night. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you need to put it on your album though, especially if we already just heard your other "Oh, Showbiz Is Hard, Woe Is Me" song. We're doing another one here. The guy, you know, he's coming over here from England. He could just be working over there. He's com- he's coming over here. He's taking our musician job. He's got a great head of hair, <laughs> awesome uh, mm. cleft chin. He's he's a hunk and a half. You know, <laughs> things could be a lot worse for him. He's he's loading it on a little thick in the cell. Just having heard the whole thing, I it stood out to me. Yeah, I don't disagree with it. I will agree with you that he is a hunk and a half, very handsome fellow. Yeah, I think though I I kind of like the transparency. I agree. It is it, there is a lot of woe is me happening, but part of me also has to think that he's writing this thinking maybe no one's gonna ever listen to this, so I may as well mm. write about what I want. Cause I have it. Might as well put it on the album. Kind of because it is a good song. Um, yeah, the lyrics are a little eh, but you know I feel like I I think this was recently a quote. I think it was Brad Pitt. If it wasn't Brad, I'm sorry, and I know you're a listener. But sorry, Brad. Uh, we'll apologize to him personally yeah yeah i feel like he there was a quote recently where he was like to all the young actors out there just whatever you can never ever 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 give up no matter if you you don't have any talent or no one says and and, well i understand what he's saying he's saying that from the perspective of the most famous man in (laughs) the country or if not like top one percent of famous people in the world yeah and i just don't know how genuine that is because if he were brad pitt the nobody would he still be saying the same thing? Pretty much. And I feel like at least with this dude, mm. not, you know, maybe they're the only comparison between the two is that they're both hunks. But mm. I, I don't know. I just think there's a genuine nature of, of that that I think is, uh, I think I don't want to look over, I guess. Mm. So the timing and the context is important. Timing is yeah. key. Timing is key. Uh this whole bit is making me also think about that bird song. So you want to be a rock and roll star? You know that song? I do not. It's uh, kind of like this. What <laughs> about about this? It's basically just like, oh, it's so hard. Yeah, there's just people screaming for me wherever I go. It's really annoying. <laughs> All right. So uh, you both seem to respond to it a little more positively. I mean, it comes on on my Spotify. I listen to it. I'm not hiding away from it but it just it seemed a little 
he, I felt like he could uh, take a little more stock in what he still had at that time. Let me ask you this. Namely the pecs, but Let's up? say he didn't have that one. Take stock in my pecs. <laughs> oh, now we're getting back to wrestling. Um, let's say he never had a hit, and then you just came across that song as some deep cut from the 70s. Mm. How would, you, how oh, would yeah. you feel about it then? This was on a but, Rodriguez album? Yes, See, honestly, yes. I the the thing for me is he already has it never rains in Southern California. Yeah, that's I fair. I don't need more of that flavor, at least as as it goes on like this album. If if that if I he didn't have that song and he just had some other unrelated stuff in this, mm. I'd be like, Ooh, what a this a distinct standout idea he had to do this. You know, I I could why well, haven't other musicians done this? But it's he already has one of the all time showbiz struggle songs. This yeah. is a good point. Okay, I'm on your side now. Um, to bring this full circle, Queen <laughs> has a song about hating the music industry, uh, Death on Two Legs, which is a great fucking song. Uh, that's a really good tune. That might be one of my favorite songs about hating your position in the music industry. Just to, just to bring things back to your initial discussion. Yeah, I don't know that one. I don't know either. Is it, is it worth, it's a great is song. It worth just closing out the up with that? I think so. It's right. a really good song. See if it uh, how it stacks up against Albert Hammond here. Death on Two Legs. Oh, from A Night at the Opera. Okay, 1975. Yeah, yeah he's complaining here, Freddie Mercury. He's definitely he's complaining, but he's not whining. Mm. He's like he's you know he's got this this some uh, some guts behind it. Did they play this one at the show you saw, Tom? If they did, I didn't hear it because those people were talking over it. I mean, I'm in. You gotta go balls to the walls. You gotta sing it like go you mean balls it. Balls to the wall in that bitch fest. You gotta, yeah. You gotta bring it out. Yeah, yourself. I will say, you like, just like, 
how and for lack of a better phrase just how alpha that is i'm like okay I, you're yeah. right i'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry right. i'm sorry all right freddie here's your they check sound like they're going into war yeah, yeah. and then, <laughs> thomas to your point yeah if there were now a second song on that album like you know death in a suit i'd be like okay maybe it's a little too much queen <laughs> like, <laughs> screw you again <laughs> that was uh, good that was a good way to round it out hell yeah uh well gents what did we learn today that we should write a concept album about our publishing rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Song trust takes so long to get back to me. I'm going to write a song about the slow customer service. <laughs> yeah, we'll write a song about ASCAP. More like ASCAP. ASCAP. Asshat. Uh, I learned that, um, that Bret Hart is a true <laughs> hero. And... Uh, that's it. He's great. Yeah, if Bret Hart only had one YouTube video where he was talking about getting screwed and not a hundred, <laughs> that Tom Thomas would be more forgiving of that attitude. I learned I'm gonna lose my co-host to a wrestling podcast <laughs> with Tom Rainey. Welcome to Jobbers with Tom Rainey and Matt Lago. <laughs> Thin Lear and Fat Lear. <laughs> We're going to start with, we're going to go region by region, all right? We're going to start with uh, Canadian right, Stampede right, Wrestling. All right, all right. <laughs> Work our way Cutting down. off here. Uh, we got anything to plug? Any of us? Anything we want to mention? No, I'm working on my life. <laughs> that, yes, you are. Is that a plug? Yeah, I, I'm going to plug the same thing, actually. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm, it. I'm trying to set up my new house. Does that count? Uh, <laughs> well, Niagara Moon has a show on December 2nd, Saturday night, 9.30. Uh, we're going to be at Luthier's Co-op in East Hampton. Huimine nice. and I sing a Hell duet, yeah. acoustic duo. So uh, come check it out. Nice. Oh, I got a show this Wednesday. Actually, I forgot. Uh, in Gar- Crossroads Garwood, Thin Lear, uh, part of Writers Round, New Jersey. Because that is where I live. So come see that Wednesday night. I think it starts at 7, the whole thing. And I would like to plug Monday Night Raw, TNT, 9 p.m. <sighs> Great. Great product. And hey, listener, if uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Losing My Opinion, you can go ahead and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you never miss a future episode. You can also follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or X. Uh, you know the drill, <laughs> at Losing My Opinion. And uh, Albert Hammond, great 70s songwriter, love the strokes for that matter. Um, I recommend It's Always Sunny and <laughs> It Never Rains in Southern California. <laughs> Check out the album as a whole. Uh, just, you know, anyone here in the audience, maybe save it for the live audience. I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Oh, that was pained. That was like uh, the back to the shit cover. The pain of, of a dead end career and, and greasy meals on the road. Um, I'll say so long, suckers. We'll see you next week. Bye. This song.